0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Reddit Readings, the best show on the internet according to the arbiters of amazing podcasts, the AAP Association, or APA. I totally did not just make them up, uh, please don't check. But before we... We're sorry to have to interrupt this regularly scheduled intro with this important news bulletin. This just in. From our brave correspondents on the ground, we can confirm Reddit Readings now has a Patreon. Go there and sign up using the link in the description below. I promise you, you will get some cool shit. Way too much to mention here, so go and check it out. But one thing you get is an episode every week just for Patreon listeners, and they're awesome. Guess what? The first one's already there, and we're adding one every week. That's a whole episode every week just for our patrons. Go and check it out. All right, back to the show. Today we are jumping into r slash let's not meet, so get yourselves ready for a spooktacular episode of skin-crawling creepiness, grab your tea, your popcorn and probably your mace and let's jump right into it Posted by Zazzy Goose He could have killed me We all make dumb decisions in life But in this case, I was stupid Very, very stupid I arranged to meet a guy off Tinder But because of my heightened anxiety about driving I arranged for him to pick me up outside my place I'd been talking to him for a few weeks, at least, but that is not redeemable, and I know that. The choices I made on this day could have ended me, but thankfully, I'm still around to tell the tale. The guy picked me up in his car and told me he planned to take us out for sushi. I love sushi, so I thought, great! He put in the name of the restaurant into his GPS, and we were off making pleasant conversation on the way until until I started seeing woods when I looked out my window. I felt very confused. We were supposed to be going into town, not into the wilderness in the middle of nowhere. Fear hit me hard then. He said, I swear, GPS is taking me through here. I didn't choose this path. Please just get us back to civilization, I said. My eyes were wide and I must have looked like a deer in headlights. His face was really apprehensive, so he must have known that I was scared completely shitless. Oh my god, I thought to myself. I should have just conquered my anxiety about driving and met him somewhere public. Or better yet, not met with this guy at all. What the fuck was I thinking? I'm gonna get murdered here in these woods. I tried checking my phone to see if I could assist him with the GPS, and that's when he said those spine chilling words Oh, there's no signal out here. I remember just thinking to myself try and look calm. Don't let him think you suspect he's onto something. But man, did I feel terrified. The tips of my fingers were cold while I was simultaneously sweating. If he was going to kill me, part of me wanted him to just get it over and done with so I wouldn't be left in anticipation. His forehead was perspiring. He kept saying, I swear I'm not doing this, I'm trying to get us back en route to the sushi place. I said, I don't care about sushi anymore, get us to a gas station, anywhere that has people at this point. He said, He said, I don't have a shovel or a weapon in my truck or anything, if that's what you're thinking." Which did little to calm my nerves. We finally reached the restaurant after what felt like an eternity. I had never been so scared in my life. I didn't have much of an appetite and I was physically trembling when we arrived. But I figured he didn't kill me when he had the chance, so I guess it's safe now to continue with our date? I already planned on taking an uber home because I didn't want to go through that experience again. I was shocked out of my mind when he asked, So, when do you think we'll have sex? I nearly choked on a piece of sashimi. What? I didn't know where this was coming from and I didn't know how he could ask me something like this now on a first date when he literally saw me pale as a ghost just moments ago. You know, like, how long will you make me wait for sex? A day? A week? A month? I stared at him, dumbfounded. I couldn't respond because I was utterly speechless in that moment. I can't wait a whole month, I'm telling you now, he said. I didn't say anything, and the rest of the date was insanely awkward. I said goodbye as I took my Uber home, and only seconds after my driver pulled out of the restaurant parking lot, he texted me to say that he doesn't think it will work out because he needs a girl with a higher libido. I didn't argue, I just texted back a simple, "Okay, ready to be done with this man. When the Uber driver drove me home, he did not take me through the wilderness pathway of potential murder sites. He took me home through streets, other cars, lights. The sweetest scene to my immense relief. I couldn't help but wonder why my date had to take me through an hour drive through Wilderness to get to a restaurant, but it only took the Uber driver 15 minutes to get me home from the same location. The whole thing was chilling. I don't know if my date planned on anything sinister or if it was an honest mistake, but I'm glad I made it out alive. I learned a tough lesson that night, one that I should have already known but that I foolishly ignored for some reason. Don't let strangers from a dating app pick you up in their cars. So the guy who took me through the woods? Let's not meet again. I mean, it's possible he was just a complete retard, but it almost sounds like it was set up to be like a practical joke. Driving you through the woods, getting you all scared, and then, hey, so when do you think we're going to have sex? It's at that point you're wondering when the hidden camera crew is going to jump out. Hosted by Big Slime Ganja, Walgreens stalker. So to give you some context, I'm a small statured girl, like 5 foot 1. I guess that makes me look easily preyed on. I don't know. One night around 9.30, I realized I had no more pads and needed to go get some. Walgreens closed at 10 and wasn't far, so I headed there. The Walgreens I headed to wasn't in the best area. It was one of those neighborhoods that wasn't too safe, but surrounded by safe neighborhoods, so it wasn't terrible either. I parked my car directly behind the door so I can see it from the entrance. There's spots in front of me that are closer to the door, but they're in darkness. I'd rather walk a little further than be hidden in the darkness. I was the only car in the parking lot. I'm on FaceTime with my friend. I start walking towards the doors and realise my car may still be on. It's a push start and sometimes I forget if I turned it off but I always lock it regardless. So I turned around to go check and it's not on. As I lock my car door to start walking away a car comes pulling in super quick and I feel a little uneasy. I mean I'm really paranoid by nature so I just hurry up and walk inside. As I go inside My friend has to go i make my way to the aisle and can't seem to find the pads at all i'm in the adult diaper area and trying to find pads i have that feeling that someone is following me as i hear footsteps and just feel weird there's only me and the employee in the store so maybe they think i'm stealing as it's about to close this kind of pisses me off but whatever do your job I keep looking for the pads and as I turn a corner I notice whoever is following me keeps ducking off into an aisle. As I turn the next aisle, this person wasn't fast enough and I see them. It wasn't an employee, it was a 5455 old man, maybe in his late 40s, 50s. He had frosted tips and looked like he was trying to look younger but he looked like a sketchy guy instead. Awkward. Awkward. I felt weird, but whatever, I always think my paranoia is overthinking. I felt weird, but you know, whatever, my paranoia is always overthinking. I get my pads and go to the register. I kid you not when I tell you this man runs to the register and is empty handed. If you've been in the store as long as me, 15 minutes, and you have nothing, that is weird. He grabs some soda from the register fridge. I check out and I walk to the side of the store by the coolers and the photo area. This way I can see the register and the door but they can't see me. I call my boyfriend and tell him what happened and to come. The man takes forever to check out his two soda bottles. Then he exits. I tell the employee what's going on. She looks outside and he's parked on the driver's side of my car, and he drives a black older van like a 2000's Pacifica or something. She said that he was acting weird and antsy, when I walked away he asked where I went. She let me stay there until he left, which took 7 minutes. My boyfriend arrived shortly after. I told him the description of the car and he told me as he pulled in he saw a car circling around the building a few times then hiding in the darkness at the back of the parking lot. Yikes. I have not returned to that location since. Posted by Significant Olive 3289 I'm being stalked by a customer at work. I need help breaking this down, and I need to feel like I'm not crazy. I'm a court clerk. I work for my local courthouse. I work in the Clerk of Court, COC, both in the office and in court, split about half-half time-wise. On Friday the 2nd of April 2022, I was in the office at my desk. I also will assist customers who come into the office who have questions on certain types of filings. I am the backup coverage specifically for our records window. In my state, we are considered public records. Anyone can come in and request copies from any case unless it's juvenile, confidential, or sealed by the court. This is really important to the whole story. I was asked to cover the record desk from 4 to 4.30pm last Friday so our records clerk could leave a little early. No problem. I have no issue helping out where I can. 415 We had a... A frequent flyer, as we have so dubbed them. This man comes in frequently to get copies out of his case. I should really note the way my office is set up, it's a bit important. We're set up kind of like the DMV. You have to come into the main entrance of security, go down a long hallway and it opens to a lobby. There are elevators straight ahead, the DA's office is to the left and COC is to the right you have to open a separate set of doors into our little lobby. There is a counter with windows and it's in like an L shape. If I can figure out how to attach a drawing, I will. The records window is around the corner, tucked in the back. There are also free public terminals where any member of the public can use to research cases in my county. So, back to the man. We'll call him Joe. Joe has an open family case. He comes in probably once a week to get copies out of his family case, and I don't know what the fuck he's doing. It's really none of my business. He came up to my window somewhere around 4.15, 4.20, said he requested some documents. When documents are requested from the public terminals, they go into a queue, which I then go into and select them to print. I went into the queue, glanced at the documents and asked, Did you have 11 pages? He said, Yes. So I selected and printed. I wrote him a little slip out with the number of copies and his total owed. I gave him his slip, directed him to go back to window 4, the cashiers, for payment and would meet him up there. I went to grab the copies off the printer, which jammed, messed with that for a minute, counted the pages and took them to the cashier. I then went back to my counter to help the next person in line. Next customer was easy, her records were prepaid and printed. After the second customer, it was after 4.25. My co-worker, work wife, we'll call her Lynn, asked me if I wanted to go thrifting for clothes at Plateau's Closet after work, and my answer was, Fuck yeah, let's go. Right as we're discussing this, I'm in view of the records window, but not at it. I saw that Joe had returned to my counter. I went up to the counter and asked how I could help him. He stated, You must be new. I'm not new. I've been at this job almost four years and in the legal field for almost ten. I replied, No, I'm not. How can I help? He then made a comment about a paperweight I was using. It was a gift from my niece. A painted rock from a three-year-old. That's a fancy paperweight you have there. Sir, what can I do for you? You gave me the wrong case. No, sir, I printed what was in the queue. So you don't need these four pages? I tossed the four pages and then adjusted his slip. Seven pages total. Sent him back to the cashier. At this point, it's 4.30. It's Friday, and we are closed. I left and headed to Plato's Closet. It took me about 15 minutes to drive over there. I sat in my car for a few minutes, then went inside. I beat Lynn there. I started browsing. She came in a couple of minutes later, stating she got caught behind the train. So we start shopping and chatting. For some reason, i look at the door when it opened. There was Joe. Now, I knew it was Joe because he wears that dumb sock monkey hat. I saw him and got Lynn's attention. Ah, you've seen what I'm seeing. So I pulled Lynn into an aisle and we ducked down. She's short, I'm tall, and I wear heels a lot. I could watch his dumb hat around the store. So immediately he went to the back of the store. He looked like he was rubbernecking the whole store So he goes to the back of the store Grabs a pair of shoes Glances at him And continues rubbernecking I continue to watch him as he moved We moved opposite We were legitimately hiding behind clothing racks He moved around the perimeter of the store Continuing to rubberneck Looking for something Or someone So he leaves We freak out We checked the parking lot to make sure he's gone. We tried to shake it off and chalk it up to coincidence. And then, I realized, we were talking about it, literally in front of him. And Lynn? She's not quiet. She gets scolded on a weekly basis for her loud, carrying voice. I told the cashiers what happened. We ended up leaving like an hour later. The next day, I felt so uneasy about it. I called my boss and told her what happened and told her I was going to call the police. I called the non-emergency number and left a message with dispatch. I got a call from an officer a few hours later and explained what happened. He said to get Joe's name. At this point, I recognized him but didn't know Joe's name offhand. He told me he would call me back on Wednesday when he was back on duty. I got Joe's name and called the officer back on Monday, left a voicemail. Monday was fine. Tuesday, I was out of the office, but Wednesday? Joe came back Wednesday. He came at 4.20 to file documents into his case. He took 20 minutes to file two affidavits and a motion. It should have been like a minute, two because he needed something notarized. He left and I had a bad feeling. I called the officer and told him what happened. The officer said if he comes back Thursday, to call and they would come down and talk to him. The PD is across the street from the courthouse. Thursday rolls around. No Joe until 4:25. He beelined it for the computer in his corner. I messaged my boss. We had already put into place a safety plan the sheriff's deputies who work security were notified. Three deputies followed him into my office. I called the PD. Two officers came down. They questioned him. He admitted to being at Plato's Closet. He was shopping for his two young daughters, 9 and 11. They don't fit into clothes at Plato's yet. Plato's has a sister store once upon a child. Those kids don't really fit there either. So, he had a receipt in his car for Once Upon a Child for 5.07pm. He denied hearing a conversation with Lynn regarding going to plateaus after work. He stated he left my office at 4.15ish and took his children shopping for clothes. He did not have his children with him at the courthouse or plateaus. He also asked the officer immediately and unpromptly, did she call you? He also stated that he believed his ex-wife was setting him up. So, because my office is a public office and he made arguably legitimate reasons to come into my office, there's nothing the officers can do. They issued him an oral warning and put him on standby. The kicker is, he could opt into his case electronically, but made a big deal about not being able to opt in a few months ago. We told him if he's having issues, call the court support line and they would be able to remedy the situation. Instead, he chooses to come in and pay $1.25 a page, instead of a one-time $20 fee, which apparently he also paid. If you aren't already freaked out, last year his roommate filed a restraining order against him, followed by his roommate's girlfriend alleging sexual harassment. I won't go into details regarding the family case, let's just say it's more than messy. He's also filing extremely high-level typed documents for representing himself update from a few days later I was in court all day come down to my desk around 4.05 he came in about 4.10 I left while he was still at my office what am I supposed to do the officers can't do anything I need another instant outside the office to file a restraining order I've ordered home security I signed up for self-defense classes I'm purchasing mace and looking into handguns I don't know what else to do Right, guys thank you very much for listening i hope you enjoyed this week's episode and i hope to see you in next week's episode don't forget check the link in the description down below for a link to our patreon that is new there is already an episode over there it's uh it's the best deal you're ever going to get there's a lot of free episodes and some other bonuses over there so go and check it out and until next week i'll see you soon
1: with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere Bizarre happenings, unexplainable events, on our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience.